Hey, FitFam, it's Coach Rye from Functional Flex, but you knew that shit. You're listening to Rye Rant Radio. Today is a cool episode. I got Taylor stepping on here with an interview. Uh, she's a first-time competitor competing in bikini, and she is going to be kind of going over some stuff with you guys, first-time competition stuff for anybody who's doing this for the first time. Maybe you've done a few shows, and you will kind of want to optimize it. I mean, there is some good good content in this episode. We talk about a lot of my philosophy, a lot of hers, which align very well together, kind of how you should prep some of the bro science, some of the bullshit, some of the shit you want to avoid, and how to kind of shortcut some of the stuff and make sure you're on schedule, on point, got your priorities set, got everything set and ready and designed to make sure you have a great contest prep experience so you don't end up like all these people on the Instagrams that are miserable and hating their entire process. So this is a great episode. It is long, I will tell you now. Now, but there is countless, countless gems in here. I would listen to this thing probably four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. I will do it myself even, and I'm the one talking with Taylor Steppen. Let's go. Oh, shit. Tick, tock, tick, 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 tock. This is your coach. This is Ryrant Radio. Hey, FitFam, it's Coach Ryan from Functional Flex Team FFLEX. Today is a kick-ass episode. We got Taylor stepping on here. She just uh, became a new team coach. She's also been an athlete. Taylor, tell these people about you. Hello, everyone. So my name is Taylor Steppen. For those of you who do not know me, so I am a certified personal trainer and a fitness nutrition specialist, and I'm officially a Team Flex coach, and I'm also a sponsored athlete, and I am also undergoing my first bikini prep underneath Ryan. So that's super, super exciting. Yes. First bikini. First bikini prep. So what what really got you into wanting to do this in the first place. Why did you want to compete? Well, actually, I am a very goal-oriented person, so I always need to have a challenge or a goal, or I'll just get really content with my training, and, you know, I'll kind of get lazy and bored. But so basically, I decided that I would compete and really push my physique to the limit, see what I could do with it, and... You know, it's just a goal to reach for. Yep, yep, for sure. I think that's the case for most people to get into the sport. You know, it's another way to kind of level up your fitness game. A lot of people that train and they're already in the zone with their workouts and their nutrition, but they want to kind of see what they can do on stage, you know, bring it to something else. And I know that that was kind of part of it for you, but also uh, in some ways to show a different kind of way to do it too, right? Yes, absolutely. So that was one of my main reasons as well is, you know, I've seen a lot of people go through uh, competition preps and, you know, they hated it. And I always thought, you know, there's a better way. There shouldn't be, you know, any reason for someone to ruin their metabolic profile or to do, you know, a lot of the peak week bullshit that you see going on. So, and, you know, there's a lot of... um, eating disorders and poor self-image that comes with competing. And I think that, you know, you have to really have a good relationship with your body before you go into it. And so, you know, I wanted to show people that, you know, before you go into it, just make sure that you have a good relationship with your body. And it's really not a scary thing. You know, you don't have to hate your prep. You don't have to eat 
chicken, broccoli, and rice for every meal, every day. And What? so, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't that, that crazy? I know. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, so, and then that's where you came in. Obviously, you know, you, we yeah. have the same views on that. And I thought, you know what? The only time I would ever compete is if I could do it the way that I wanted to do it. And, yep. you know, you're the perfect coach for that because we have the same vision and, you know, you really care about your athletes, you care about their health, you know, you're going to um, help them, you know, just kind of love themselves through it and you're supportive. You're not one of those coaches that, you know, doesn't communicate with your athletes. You're awesome and supportive and encouraging and you prioritize your athlete's health. So that was one of the main reasons why I got into competing is because I found you. <laughs> yeah, that is true, isn't it? Well, thanks for that. But you know, yeah, I remember that actually. Now thinking back, I remember like for the whole time that I was talking about you should compete, you should compete. Because we knew each other before this. I don't think people would know that. Yes. Like before I coached you, like we still knew each other and we still talked and did all that and on the Instagram world. And uh, I remember way back when you were like, no, I could never compete. There's no way because of all of the crazy shit you had been seeing, basically, right? Like yes. all the people that killed themselves to do a prep. And it's super common. And I know that like people are listening to this right now. Probably a lot of girls that may or may not be competing or might want to or consider. And they're like thinking about exactly that same thing for themselves, you know? Because like when you go on Instagram, basically we get only negative shit we see to be honest like if we can be totally <laughs> upfront about that there's very few people that have like really good prep experiences that post about them you know like we're seeing mainly the stuff where it's like girls that are posting uh oh, just did my six hour cardio today and i ate yes. two extra pieces of lettuce and now i don't know where i'm at or anything you know and it's like there's a lot of negative shit. It almost looks to the outsider, somebody who's not competing, like there is no way that it could be done. So, oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what some people think. They think it's this um, totally unobtainable thing to do, but it's really, really not once you get into it. And if you do it the right way, people, you know, they see all these women that come off of prep and then they yeah. just, you know, gain it all right back and they don't have a, proper you know reverse dieting program with their coaches and they come out depressed and they have a lot of um body image problems and yeah it's just really it's a really negative post-competition rebound i find so right right yeah absolutely so like what do you think are some things that you had to kind of consider coming in and what could other people have to consider you know as they decide they want to compete or maybe they already are competing and um, they're going to try to do it a different way. Like, what are some things you got to consider going into your first comp, really? Uh, okay, so this has been a huge learning curve for me. So the, you know, the one biggest thing is the expense yeah. of competing. So people, you know, it can be quite pricey and people don't really take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to pay your coach, which can be, you know, quite pricey depending yeah. on who you go with. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, there's some prep companies out here that are like, there's places like in Arizona that I'm familiar with that are prep teams, and they charge like $800 a month. So oh like anybody goodness. listening to this right now, if you got a team like that, you should get a different team because that's just a ripoff. But Agreed. go ahead, Taylor. <laughs> so yeah, you have some of these coaches, you know, that are at least $250 to $500 per month. Yep. And usually like what, 
what do people usually do? Like four months? Four months? Yeah, so you, yeah, usually they're going to do at least 12 weeks. So it's going to be three, you know, 16, 12 to 16 week prep. So three, four month prep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's something you have to consider. And then, you know, you have to look your part for it. I mean, everybody knows, you know, your physique, the physical appearance is basically the whole point of this. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your heels, which are around the sixty to eighty dollar mark. You've got your jewelry that you have to wear. Your suit, which mm-hmm. can be upwards. I mean, some people spend thousands of dollars on their suits. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely true. Yeah, and then <laughs> so you obviously you have to register for the association that you want to go in, and then you also have to be a member. So you'll pay the entry fee the member fee and then also if you want your stage photos which i highly highly recommend you do get just for the exposure and you know the memories it'll be professional photos done because in a lot of places you can't take in um digital cameras to take photos right yeah that's good point. yeah so basically if you you know if you're not getting your stage shots from the person who's the professional photographer you're just gonna get you know, some iPhone zoomed in photos of yourself. Yeah, so. those suck too. Yeah. Like, so. I take those all the time and I'm like, shit, man, I need like a pro <laughs> camera. Like when I'm doing my updates from a conference or something, I'll be like zooming in. Everybody looks like a little ant in a bikini on stage. I'm yes. like, damn it, this doesn't really work. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's definitely good. Yeah. And then, you know, you got your makeup and your hair. If you're getting someone to do it, you have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your tan you have to pay for, hotel if you're traveling. And then last but not least, very important, your food, you know, any supplements you're taking. That, you know, adds up. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did the, the math on a lot of preps before. Like, you know, trying to develop my own packages and whatever. Yes. Like most preps, honestly, I've, it's not uncommon that I hear of, of women and men, for that matter, that have spent like seven, eight grand on a prep, which is crazy, wow. which is like out of the ballpark crazy. But like people just don't know better. I mean, obviously it takes some expenses, but there's ways to, that you can, you know, you can do things smarter. You can get discounts. You can do stuff like that. Uh, obviously get with better teams and better coaches and stuff and, you know, try to find deals on suits and whatnot. And there's all kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, like people going into this for the first time, they really need to kind of try to budget that in because if they just go in blind eyed, then they're going to end up spending a lot of dough that they might not have. And I've seen a lot of competitors. I've heard about it on Instagram and whatever that um, are like so gung-ho to do a show, but they really just think that it's just like, hey, sign up and show up in a bikini and you're good. And really, they don't get that there's like a requirement for the bikini and there's a requirement for the heels you can wear. And there's, a, you know, all this different stuff that you have to have this tan for the show. You got to have this, that and everything else. And like your hair and your makeup and all that is judged as part of what you bring in your physique on stage. So yes, then they'll absolutely. end up not being able to do the show, you know, and I've seen that come time and time again because basically they didn't budget. So, yeah, this is super important that you brought this up is uh you really got to make sure you know what you're going into and what you're going to have to budget out to make sure that you'll be able to kind of get all the way through it. Yes, absolutely. And that comes with, you know, choosing your show as well. So, yeah. you know, like you said, um, some shows are different. You know, mandatory posing is different. So yeah. that's something you have to think about as well. Like, you know, if you've never posed before or maybe you're doing a different association, you're going to have to learn new mandatory poses. 
Like you're gonna have right, to make sure right. that you have the right shoes for it. You know, some associations will not allow gems on the back of your heels. Right. Uh, some will. You know, some. So you just gotta know. And I highly recommend. So once you do choose your show, definitely try to go to a workshop if they have one, or try to go to a local show. Yep. Because then you'll be able to, you know, see the mandatory poses, see what the judges are looking for, and they'll be able to help you when you go to the workshop. Or even if you can email them and just, you know, ask them, you know, what would be, you know, the best category for my physique? Because that's important as well. You know, you want to know which category is right for you. You don't want to be going into, you know, uh figure when you know you're a little bit more softer and you don't want to be going into bikini if you know you have a lot of muscle definitions so and that comes with coaching as well you know like mm -hmm. you you know you help me you know pick my category so right. yep yeah and that's something that people don't uh they really don't understand is like that you got to really train for the division that you're in and you got to make sure that you know all the specifics of your show. Because this yes. comes up all the time is like people think they can just federation hop. Like they can go from MPC to, um, you know, like you, you're doing MPAA, you know, all that. Like you can just hop around and do these different things. But no, like every federation has their own standards, their own rules. The way that the physiques are going to look in each division is going to be different depending on the federation. And, like, whoever's running the show is basically going to set the tone for how everything is operated. So you can't really know exactly um, unless you do check out the workshop or you do go visit the people that are running it or you, I don't know, like, get part of a Facebook group or something where they're giving you updates. Then you're not going to know exactly what needs to be there. And every show is different. That's the interesting thing about this sport. It's not like a, a basketball game or something. I always use the analogy. It's not like you just go and shoot a basketball in a hoop and it's game over like this yes. the, the basketball would change every time if it was in this arena because basically every single show in this kind of division this kind of sport in general is going to be different depending on who's running it what federation and what division you're competing so there's a lot of things that come into play there so it's always good for people to do their homework and kind of study up and you know like you said go to the workshop get some exposure and I think also as a mindset piece for a lot of first time competitors it's really important that they actually get some knowledge behind what's going on there because it is really easy to kind of get way in your head too much very early on about like what's going to be expected of you and what you're going to have to do on stage and like what are you going to do here and there and that can kind of defeat you in a lot of ways. Like you can blow up in your head what it's really like to go compete and then show up and be like, oh, shit, that was it. Like because, yes. you know, like you have no clue what it is. I mean, have you gone through any of that yourself at all? I know oh. you went to the I know you went to the thing and all that, but maybe before or after. Yeah. So basically, um, I'm a very organized person. I like to know what I'm getting myself into. So, right, right. I mean, even before I competed, I did a lot of like research and I watched, I actually went on YouTube and I like searched up, you know, prep series and I watched some of them and you know, it can, it can be a bad thing sometimes. I mean, yeah. you see, you see yeah. the worst on there, right. but yeah. So when I finally decided to, I was just you know, you kind of get overwhelmed at first because you don't know what to expect. And that's why I say go to a workshop because honestly, I walked out of the workshop and I felt so much more confident in what they were looking for. Like they actually took the time to let us pose and like told us, oh, like this looks better for your physique or and just, you know, getting to know people and 
you even meet people who have competed in that association before. So yep. then you can create this network of support. So yeah, it's I feel so much better about the association that I'm competing in and just so much more, you know, at peace of like what's to come. Right. Yeah. And how do you think you would feel if you did not go to that workshop? Because a lot of people I know uh, opt out of doing that. Like, even though they're yes. usually free, um, people will tell you not to go or you just don't feel like you need to go or whatever. You know, a lot of people think that this is true to some degree with some of them, but like a lot of people think they're just trying to sell you on a bunch of shit and whatever. And so people won't go. But I think either way, as long as you go in and you know that, okay, they might be trying to push this or that product or this type of tan or this supplement or whatever, like as long as you have an open mind, you can still learn a lot. I mean, was that kind of your experience with that too? Absolutely. You know, I've had a couple people ask me, oh, like, should I go to the workshop? And I, in my personal opinion, a hundred percent because I went in there, I, you know, I didn't know who like I was gonna get my suit from I didn't know what tan right. like was allowed there because some you know some dream tan I know isn't allowed at the venue the specific venue so had you have not gone to that you wouldn't have known yeah you know and they just you know they um, gave me the contact information for my suits and my tan which I'm getting done locally which is a huge you know uh, relief for me just because it is my first show I'm <clears throat> going to be able to you know go to her house the day before if I need adjustments so that was really nice just to get those contacts and yeah like yeah. I said just the whole the heels thing you know what you're allowed they tell you all of that they tell you what's yep. allowed what's not allowed and they also tell you know you know kind of what the day is going to be like and they have people that have competed before that get up and talk and you know tell you like how it's going to be so i yeah i 100 percent recommend going to a workshop for sure right yeah no, that sounds like it was a really beneficial workshop for you i mean Definitely not going to be the way for everybody, to be honest. Some of them really do suck, but it's always going to be better to go and at least yes. get the experience, get the foot in the door, hear some stuff. I mean, even bad information is better than zero information in every scenario because it can, you know, kind of steer you in one direction or another. So always yeah, go to the workshop sure. if you're a first timer, I think, you know. Um, so obviously one of the main things, right, when you come into doing a competition like this, is kind of selecting your coach and you know or your team I mean not every coach has a team but obviously you got to have a coach because a lot of people don't understand that this is not the same as just like doing a workout and then boom you're on stage you know a lot of people that work out already or whatever think that they're just gonna self-coach or they're gonna kind of lead themselves in, uh, through a contest prep but I think, honestly, anybody that tries to do that, especially as a first-timer, just has no idea what they're getting into. Um, yes. So what do you think about people trying to figure out a coach and, like, what kind of stuff does a first-time competitor need to look for if they're trying to find a coach or a team? Right. So that's actually what I went through because I am a personal trainer. Yep. So I kind of, you know, went between, oh, like, can I do this myself? Can I just coach myself? But I honestly recommend even if you are a personal trainer get yourself a coach because yeah. a it's going to take all the guesswork out of everything you're not going to have to plan you know your macros plan your training which takes so much of a load off of you especially if you have other clients like i do right right so yeah, yeah. finding a coach just to coach you and have that support and everything is huge because, you know, that person is going to help you become stage ready. Like, 
get your physique in and they're going to be there to support you when you're having those days where you're, you know, questioning yourself or you're just having an off day, you know, it's a lot easier for someone to be like, you know what, get your shit together than for you to be like, oh, I need to get my shit together. You know what I mean? It's just, it makes you so much more accountable when you have someone that you're checking in with all the time. Like I know, you you know, you and I do weekly check-ins, which is awesome because, you know, I I find with any other kind of check-in, you kind of, you know, even with bi-weekly check-ins, you have a week of buffering, you know what I mean? Where you can be like, oh, it's okay. Like I don't have to check in until next week. But I mean, this way it's like, I got to get my shit together because I'm checking in every single week. And that to me is just super motivating and it keeps me accountable. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's another thing that's so um, underplayed is like everybody, everybody needs a coach no matter what. Like that, I live by that philosophy. I mean, I coach a ton of people and a lot of them are trainers. A lot of them are coaches. And like I have coaches and people that do things, you know, for help me get where I want to be with different things in my life too. And I mean, like everybody needs a coach and it's like, why do you need one if you know your stuff, right? If you know how to work out, like I hear this all the time from people. Um, they're like, why would I need a coach if I know how to train? I know how to work out. Like I've been doing this for years. I've been doing that for years. It's not the same. Like going into a show for one, uh, even if you know how to do it, even if you've done a bunch of preps, it's not the same as having somebody there that's going to guide you and keep you on track, hold you accountable and make the adjustments. And like a lot of times, especially when you do a competition where it's literally about your physique, you will get in your own head way too much. Oh, yes. Like you're going to like wake up in the morning, see your body in the mirror and be like, oh, man, what the fuck? And then you're going to change some shit, you know, mess your plan up, decide to manipulate your macros or your training on a whim because the scale moved up a half a pound. Like this kind of stuff happens. And yep. that, that prevents you from ever getting to your destination. And it's like a coach, like for me, for example, I mean, this didn't really ever happen with you on this prep at all. But sometimes people, uh, you know, they fluctuate naturally up and down in weight and, you know, through different things. And then they'll think they're not lean enough or they think they'll have too much this, too much that. And if they're on their own, they would have definitely made a panic decision in that time to For like sure. change things and change the training, try different this, that. But I mean, we know this as trainers is that you can't just do that. Like you got to stick to the plan. You got to follow the process. You got to keep going through. And so like, if you were to come to me, let's say for example, and you were all panicked about something and I could clearly see that it was not anything to be panicked about. It would be easy for me to say, Hey Taylor, shut your shit down. You're going to work, you know, like we're going to keep going. You're going to wake up to feel better tomorrow. And 90% of the time that's the case. I mean, If somebody's got your back, and that's the real benefit of a coach, you know, you got to have somebody that's in your corner with you. Like, I always use the analogy of um, every single greatest, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, player or uh, competitor in any sport on the planet still has a coach. Like, I was at a seminar a few weeks ago with Michael Jordan's coach, and like, no matter how successful Michael Jordan got, he still had his coach. And it's like, why would he have a coach then? (laughs) Because he's the greatest of all time. But he knew the benefit of having a coach. Even though this guy could not play basketball like he could or anything like that, like, he knew the benefit of having a coach. And every single person in any sport, you'll never find them that they don't. Mr. Olympia has one. Mrs. Olympia, like, everybody in every sport still has a coach. So it's always shocking to me when people, especially at the amateur level or first-timers, are thinking they're going to wing this shit on their own and do it themselves. It just doesn't work. And so... I totally vibe with what you're saying. 
Yes, and of course, I mean, you want to find someone who's qualified, you yeah, know, who have the credentials. Up. Yes,、mm-hmm. because you know, people will just go through a prep and then they think that they can just become prep coaches. So you know,、right. that's why, yeah. So that's why you know you're a great fit for me because you're qualified, you have the credentials to do it, and also, like you said, you know, if one day I'm kind of feeling down on myself, you'll be like, you know what, get your shit together. It's totally fine. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow is a new day. So yeah, I think that's really, really important is just to find someone who's qualified, find someone that you can communicate with. Like I said, I like I have your own personal number. We text each other. We、yep. talk. I think every single day, yep, so that's really important. Yeah, so a lot of gifts. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So yeah. yeah, find someone that actually cares about your health, cares about you know your competition, and you know someone who does a personalized program for you. And that's、yes. why you're so great because you do personalized programs in nutrition. So it's not、right. you know you don't. Someone doesn't pay you, and you give them a cookie cutter training program and nutrition. It's all specific to you know our goals and your athlete's goals. So that's really important to me as well, is because I know that I'm training and eating based off of my own personal goals. Right. Yeah, and that's that's so important. Like it blows my mind that people are pumping out these same generic programs. I coach、uh, a lot of people. I'm not going to name names, but I coach a lot of people that come from different teams. You know, they'll come to me to sign up for training, and you know, they'll send me their old stuff. And like I've seen people that come from the、uh, the same team, and they all have the same shit for like years and years. Like it's the exact same meal plans, the exact same training plans. And these are also the coaches that are charging like the $800 a month, or you know, five six grand for a 12. Week prep kind of thing,、Ridiculous. and that just blows my mind because that's like the most scam gimmick shit ever. Like you can go on Google and get the same shit almost for free. To be honest, absolutely, like, yeah. And there's no reason to train that way. I mean, there's not going to be any benefit. What I always say is that people, I don't know why anyone would ever train the same as anybody in the exact same sense, like the、yeah. exact same meal plan, the exact same training plan. It doesn't make sense when we know that there is nobody on the planet identical to us. At all, like there's nobody 100% identical. So、yes. even if you have a fucking twin, they're not 100% identical, and it doesn't make sense <laughs> that you train the same. You know, like there's no way that it's gonna give you the same result because your favorite girl or guy on Instagram has this program out, and here's his program, here's her program. It's not gonna give you the same result because your body is different. The foods that you eat are gonna be different. Like the way that you need to train is different. Your bone structure, your muscle structure, the composition of your muscle fibers, like all this comes into play. And nobody gets that. They think, oh, okay, this guy, he's an IFBB pro or whatever. So now that means that he's qualified to just give me his plan. It's gonna work, and it's worth all the money because he knows his shit. And really, it's not the case. If you don't have somebody who's doing personalized stuff for you, you have already lost the battle, in my opinion. Like, there's no reason to go、yeah. pay that person. There's no reason to sign up with that person because they are being lazy as shit and not putting any work into you. Which means it doesn't matter how much work you put in, you're not gonna get as good of a result as you could if you just went in on it all the way with a personalized kind of approach. So yes, and that's really important too. Is that like you said, it's just trainers being lazy. Right. You know, you have all these trainers that don't take into account. Each individual, and then you get these trainers that don't care about you, that you know, will ruin your metabolic profile. And I know you have so many people that come to you because their coaches have actually 
ruin their bodies. So mm -hmm. you should touch base on that a little bit on, you know, some of the bullshit that comes your way after a prep. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're calling me out, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in a, what do you mean? In a traditional sense of like a post-comp? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of times, basically what happens, what people overdo, what most coaches will do is they do this generic thing, you know, going off this programming like we're talking about here. People will do the generic kind of program. And the generic approach to a trainer that doesn't know what they're doing is here, do this meal plan, do this do this kind of training pro program because this is the my classic bikini competitor training program that I've made 10 years ago and I've never updated and I give to everybody that pays me money. And so that's kind of how that goes. And now, like, these people oftentimes, too, I'm going to say the check-ins are very few in between. Like, I've talked casually to people on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever that are on other teams. You know, we're just making small talk, whatever. I like to be involved in the industry in general and know what's going on. And they'll be like, wow, in, like, two days, I've talked to you more times than I've talked to my coach in two months. Wow. And I'm like, what? How is that even a thing? <laughs> like, how is that even possible? I'm like... Not even you're in my DMs on Instagram. Like I'm not even paying attention to this that much. I'm just casually chatting you up, you know, about what's going on in your life. And you're telling me that your coach who you've paid all this money to is you can't even hear from them. And you send yep. them texts, you send them emails, nobody's replying. It's like basically a lot of times after you put down the money, they're vanishing in a lot of scenarios, which is a huge issue for, you know, kind of what goes on. And so a lot of the times, if you're in a spot where the program's not serving you the right way, like let's say your calories are way too low, which happens all the time because a lot of coaches just be like, hey, you want to compete bikini? Let's go to 1,000 calories. Let's do that. That'll be good for you. You're going to lean out. You're going to look real dry on stage oh and all this shit. And so they'll drop the calories down, put them down. And uh, then your coach vanishes. So if you're like, hey, I'm dying, coach. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm fucking passing out everywhere. I can hardly get through my workouts. I'm having a hard time staying focused in school or work or whatever, and I don't know what to do. Now you're like a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks down without hearing from anybody, and nobody's going to make adjustments. And oftentimes when you get feedback from them, it is like the laziest shit ever. I just ranted about this the other day. It's funny that we're here now, but... That they'll be like, oh, it's part of the process. Like, no, just commit harder. Do more. Stay focused. You're not, you don't want this bad enough. If you're not willing to do fucking two hours of cardio, two hours of weight training and hamster diet calories, you don't want it bad enough. And like, that's how you damage your hormones. That's how you yes. damage your metabolism. That's how you go to places that you cannot come back from. Like you do come back eventually, but like it shows traditionally in research and anybody listening, I encourage you to look this up yourself. Uh, the research on contest prep, traditional sense against um, female hormones, right? It says th basically that they tested a bunch of uh, people that did contest prep, a bunch of women, and it took them at least 6 to 18 months after a traditional contest prep, like a 12-week prep, to recover their hormone profile to where it was somewhat normal again. Like, that's how bad the hormones get hit. Wow. And so, like, you hear about this post-comp depression. We hear about this rebound weight gain. We hear about all kinds of stuff that people go through, especially women. And it's because they were literally in a spot where they were putting their body into survival mode. Like, people don't – people forget that our brains – 
in the primitive sense, the spot of your brain that controls how your heart beats and how you breathe, like that's not conscious brain effort. I don't have to think to take a breath or to make sure my heart's beating. It does that shit on its own because it's yes. my fucking primitive brain. <laughs> you got the same thing for when you're doing a prep and when you're working out. Like your body does not know, oh, Taylor's in the gym. She's lifting weights. It's cool, man. <laughs> and Taylor's eating yeah, this. Exactly. It's cool, man. <laughs> like we got food in the fridge. We're not going to die. It's cool, man. Like your brain's not doing that. Your brain doesn't know nothing. It knows, okay, here's all this energy being output. We're burning calories. We're doing hard, vigorous work. We're lifting weights. We're doing all this cardio, and we're getting this much food. So what the fuck's going on with our body in the sense of, okay, we're out in the fucking primitive kind of wilderness, right? Let's imagine we're not in an industrialized world for a second where our brain actually originated, you know, in the wild or whatever. It would be a threat to your body 100%. It would be a stressor 100%. Like, okay, we're putting out all this activity and we're getting no food. We don't know when we're going to get food again because we're out in the fucking wilderness. We might have to fight a cheater tomorrow to stay alive. Like, this type of shit is what your primitive brain thinks. So it takes measures to shut you down. It says, okay, we're going to shut down your metabolism now. So now your metabolism is going to get slower and slower and slower and slower. And that means less calories burnt at rest, harder to burn body fat, harder to maintain muscle and a lot harder to not rebound a shitload of body fat when you're done with a prep. Same thing happens to your hormones. Your body will shut your hormone profile down and it takes time to convince your body that things are okay and it takes a very consistent process to make sure that you reverse diet and get these things back in place. So like if you have any chance at all to avoid this stuff, anyone listening to this, you really should make sure that you do not go to the extreme level with a contest prep. And I mean, Taylor, we have not gone to the extreme level so maybe like you could touch for a second about you know just kind of how you have felt throughout this kind of process because we're like what three weeks or so now coming in here and uh do you feel like you're dead yet i mean i don't know have you turned into a zombie like what happened (laughs) so yeah that's we can touch base on my prep a little bit because my prep's been you know it's been actually really amazing it's not at all like I thought a prep would be in the most positive sense ever. So I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm eating, you know, way more than a thousand calories. I would definitely not be able to function on only a thousand calories. I don't know how anyone would ever do that while working out. That's just crazy. So um, if you want, um, do you want me to touch base on what we've kind of done so far up to this three weeks? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Just kind of like, you know, give people a... We'll go more in depth in a little bit down here, right? But maybe just give people like the overview so far. You haven't hit any spots where you encountered like a lot of the traditional stuff, which is basically that you want to kill everybody in the world and everything, (laughs) right? Like that happens. Like you'll see this. I know you've seen this on Instagram, right? Have you got to that point yet? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I've actually seen... I'm not going to name any names or give any real life, but um, right. I've, you know, seen a lot of other women that are close to their, you know, stage date. And mine is only three weeks away, which is just shocking. I can't believe it. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, you know, I still have a lot of energy. I'm working out six days a week. Right. No problem. I'm, st- I'm still hitting PRs to this date, personal right. records. So yep. I'm still getting stronger, you know, I'm eating, I'm feeling my body. So I haven't really experienced any of the traditional, you know, 
bullshit that comes with competing. I mean, it's all been really straightforward. I mean, obviously, you know, um, the commitment is a huge thing that comes with competing. Yeah. I mean, you got to commit to your training and your nutrition. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. I feel like so far I've had the energy to do so. I've never really felt like I, you know, couldn't get through this prep or I never once felt like I'm not going to be ready, I guess is the most yeah. important yeah, thing to take good. away. Yeah. And like people should know Taylor has like a ton of things she does. <laughs> this is not Taylor's <laughs> just like, oh, I'm going to compete. I'm going to sit around and go to the gym and then come home and sleep and shit. Like what else do you do, Taylor? Tell, tell everybody what, what you really got going in life, right? You got, you got your own training business, right? You are a coach for me. You're an athlete on the team. You're doing six workouts a week. You're doing, do you do meal prep or how do you do that right now? Yes, twice a week. Yeah, so she's meal prepping (laughs) twice a week. You have a regular job too, right? Yes. Yeah, so she's got a regular job. And, okay, she's got YouTube, which is fucking posting things 24 hours a day, I swear to God. Like, I try to keep up with her on YouTube, and I can't. Her Instagram's posting two times a day. She's answering messages all day, I guarantee you, because she's in the online training world. Like, you're just going all the time. So it's not like this is a... Like, oh, I'm sitting around, all I have to do is do one workout today, and then I'm going to sleep and fucking suntan and shit. Like, you're doing everything, probably more than most people are, to be honest, going into one of these anyway. And so, like, that's important to know that you got to really prioritize your kind of get your life balanced and get everything out there. So, like, how did you how did you kind of get that all balanced out? Absolutely. Yes, I have quite the schedule. That's Yeah. <laughs> Not a secret, but yeah, so I'm doing a lot of things at once. And it's just, you know what? I'm a very organized person. Before I, the before the first week that I started, I remember sitting down and I just took a calendar and I was like, okay, I know this is when I'm going to have to prep. This is when I'm going to have to train. Yeah. And I planned everything out. I highly, highly recommend getting a calendar or a schedule and literally planning your entire day out it's so effective like i'm telling you hour by hour just so you can make sure that you're fitting everything in if you don't have specific time or make specific time and that's what it's about it's about prioritizing and making time for what matters you know if you don't want to do it you're not going to do it then that's what it comes down to. You need to want to do it and you're going to have to plan, you know. I mean, it's hard to commit to training and nutrition, especially, you know, six days a week. So that's also something that you have to take into consideration before you compete is that you will be training. Right. You know, five to six days a week. You will have to be eating and eating on point. So you're going to have to meal prep every single week, you know. you Whether you have to keep track of your training whether it's on an app like you know your training app and my training app that we have whether it's a journal you know a food diary track everything i am such a you know organized person i keep lists i track everything i write everything down so i find that that's a really easy way to just stay on top of things and you know it's not as hard as you think to you know balance your priorities i mean i know that you have me doing macros, flexible Mm -hmm. dieting. So it's kind of, you know, whatever fits I can eat. So if I know, and I've planned this, you know, a couple days before, 
if I know that I'm going to be, you know, traveling or if, you know, I'm going to be going out with friends or something, I will literally plan my entire week and my entire day of around that. So I will eat 100% according to my goals throughout the week and up until that point, actually. And I will actually work it into my macros. So if I know what restaurant I'm going to, I can, you know, look up the menu and just be like, oh, like this will fit in. Or even, you know, on the go, you get to learn, you know, what you can eat and what you can't. But then you also learn, and you've helped me a ton with this, is that it's okay (laughs) to indulge a little bit. It's okay. It's not going to kill you. You know, people think that you have to be a hundred, a hundred percent all the time. And it's like, you know what, if you are, you know, eating according to your goals all week and you've killed it, you've hit your training and everything like that. If you go a little bit over your macros or if you, you know, indulge a little too much, that's totally fine. It's not gonna, you know, you didn't make your progress in a day. You're not going to lose it in a meal or a day. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's really, you know, People really get intimidated by how much work that it's going to be. But if you plan ahead, you're totally fine. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do is they don't plan and they don't meal prep. And then they find themselves, you know, stressing out what they're going to eat. And then that obviously leads to just grabbing fast food or things like that. So I am a huge advocate for meal prepping. I do it twice a week that's just what works for me I make sure that I prep you know in the middle of the week as well so that I also have food for the weekend because I think the way that I used to do it is I would prep from Monday to Friday I would prep for those days and then the weekend comes and it's like oh well what can I fit in here what can I eat so now I'm doing it yeah so now I'm doing it where I actually will prep in the middle of the week for the rest of the week including the weekend yeah. I mean, so the schedule thing you're talking about, that's what I do too. So everybody yes. take take notes. Take notes, everybody. <laughs> you got to have a fucking <laughs> schedule. Like for anything you want to achieve in life, it doesn't even matter if it's competing or not or if it's fitness in general. Like you got to have a schedule. Otherwise, you're not going to make ground. And you got to put one little step in every day, one brick in the wall, and then you're going to build a fucking palace. And like that's that's totally true, obviously, about how you're able to balance so much and continue to do yes. this and continue to make progress and to stay on track with everything and, you know, all that. Even the stuff that you don't, per se, like, too, like posing, I know, is not maybe your <laughs> most favorite thing ever, right? Oh, uh, yes. But, like, you're still doing it. At, like, how often are you posing right now? Um, every single day, sometimes twice a day. Right, exactly. And so, see, like, you took something that you knew would be, that was probably, like, your hardest part of prep, right, would you say? So far? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Getting the posing. Right. And so you took that and what did you do instead? You're not like, I'm going to pose once a week, like most people will or whatever. You're like, I'm going to pose every single day and sometimes twice because you're trying to take that and turn that into a strength, which is what everybody needs to do. If you have an area of your kind of fitness or your prep or whatever, that's not working uh, or you know, it's going to be a problem. You need to address it and attack it a hundred percent and just go all in on crushing that motherfucker. And that's kind of how you make it happen, you know? And so obviously with you planning ahead and all that ahead of time, I mean, what are some things that people need to consider 
um, planning ahead for a competition itself, right? So you got a schedule that is like week to week, but I'm assuming, I actually, I know this for a fact, because I remember when I gave you macros, like your first set of macros, you like planned out a month and a half of food. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I've never seen that once. So I know you yes. must have like a schedule right now for all of your comp related stuff. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Like what kind of stuff do people need to be getting on top of? you know, say four, five, six, eight weeks out from a show that's not per se related to the training and whatever, but actually, you know, like getting their shit set up for the actual comp, if that makes sense. Right. So yeah, this is what I had to go through my first time. You know, I didn't really know everything that would have to happen for me to get to the stage. You know, you think yeah. of the stage day and everything, but you don't think of what you have to do leading up to it. So, yeah. um, I mean, obviously, you know, get your shoes and your suit as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Your shoes, especially because you'll be posing, like I said, hopefully at least once a day. <laughs> so yeah. for sure, you know, you got to book your appointment or order in your shoes. Um, you have to book all of your hair removal if you're getting hair removal you have to book that your tanning sessions you'll have to book uh your hair appointments your makeup appointments your hotels everything like that so i mean for me call me crazy but i have never done hair removal at all or had gotten a spray tan before this right well that's probably true for most first-time competitors to be honest So that's good to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I didn't think about before. So I took it upon myself to do a test run of these things. So I booked, you know, the hair removal that I would have to do for the show. So I got that done. And then, you know, I had to plan that so that I could also get it done right before the show. And like, these are things that you need to think about. So your spray tan, you have to get two spray tans before the show, which is the two days before the show. Right. But you can't get a spray tan until 24 to 48 hours after hair removal. Mm -hmm. So then you got to book your hair removal 24 to 48 hours before that. And it's just, it's just crazy little things like that, that you'll, you know, learn how to uh, schedule and everything. So I had those booked probably a month ago just to make sure that I got it in because you don't want to be waiting the last second to try to book in and then, oh, you can't book in here. You got to squeeze yourself in here. So just, you know, it just really helps if you stress out a little bit before your competition about those things, then you'll be so much more calm when it comes and you have everything booked and all you have to do. And this is especially true during peak week because you can be a little, you know, I mean, some of these athletes are just gone by that time so you know you're a little bit lower on your calories you know you're a little bit more exhausted and then you're trying to do all these things so just having them already booked to where you just have to go and get it done makes it so much easier right yeah no you know what we should actually talk about peak week a bit um, oh, please. I was I was waiting for this. I was waiting when I uh-oh. could be like, please tell me. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. You mean about yours or what do you mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about peak the week in general because shit. this is honestly, this is probably the biggest reason why you're my coach and why I'm competing is because, you know, you don't believe most of the bro science that goes on. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, know or realize 
a lot of the bullshit that doesn't yeah. need to happen during peak week. So yeah, if you could touch base on that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, peak week. Traditionally, uh, I mean, I could go on. This could be another hour if I really dumped in. <laughs> so I'll try to shorten this up. But, you know, like peak week, I don't know any other way to tell you, uh, like everybody listening to this right now, it was invented by the golden air bodybuilders that were taking high, high amounts of steroids and they didn't have any doctor supervision. They had zero idea what they were doing. Like bodybuilding as a sport at this time was like literally just a few guys in the world. Like it was a taboo thing. It was weird. Everybody's like, what the fuck is this? Why are people lifting weights? Like gyms, the original Gold's Gym, all these guys trained out of, the equipment was made by some welder. Like they just asked him, they're like, hey, we need some shit to happen here so we can do some pull downs. And he was like, okay. So they made all the equipment for this gym and then they made up everything else. Like I've talked to some of the original Golden Era guys and they said uh, that back in the day you could walk into Gold's Gym Venice, right? This is the quote unquote kind of mecca of bodybuilding, the most popular, whatever. You walk in and you know how some gyms have like mints or fucking, I don't know, candy at the front desk or whatever for you yeah, to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had straight up steroid tablets sitting right there, like in a bowl, just a massive <laughs> bowl of steroids, unregulated, like guys come in, pop several handfuls, a handful, whatever, like there was no regulation here. So they're taking wow. all these drugs, doctors don't know anything about them, they're fairly new at this time, so they're not studied like they are today, like people knew nothing, so it's just a bunch of guys lifting weights, taking drugs, that don't know what it's doing, doctors don't know what it's doing, basically fucking nobody knew shit, that's the moral <laughs> of the story, right? Yes. And so one of the side effects of steroids usage is water retention, okay? Your body holds water when you take steroids, basically to help you synthesize protein, to help build muscle, to do all this, but obviously that's not an ideal thing when you are competing on stage trying to look like a bodybuilder, okay? And I say yes. bodybuilder right here because this is not a bikini competitor, ladies, and we'll get there in a minute. But as a bodybuilder, you need to be like in micro percentages of body fat, like five, six, seven percent body fat so you can show every muscle thread in your body and like wow. be big and whatever. And so if you have water retention going on though, obviously you're not going to look that way. You're going to be looking big, but you're going to be not defined. And in bodybuilding, you need to be super, super defined. It is the definition of kind of conditioning for physique. And obviously that's not healthy at that level. But the point is these guys had to get rid of water retention. And nobody knew, like they ask all the doctors, they ask everybody, they're all, oh shit, we don't know, man. We don't know anything about these fucking steroids. They're brand new. Somebody just made this shit in the lab. We don't know anything <laughs> about it. So like, then they're like, okay, what are we going to do then? We got to come up with it, guys. And so all these fucking, I just picture this in my head and like, I've talked to these guys about it and this is kind of how they came up with it was they were like, well, if we drink less water, then that means we have less water in our bodies, which means we'll hold less water. So that means... They will have less water on our skin, which means our muscles will look better. <laughs> and then same thing with, like, sodium, right? Everybody's like, sodium, sodium's so bad. Sodium holds water. They're like, fuck sodium, then. Let's get rid of sodium. We'll take that out of there. We're going to get that out of our diets. We get rid of all the sodium, because then if there's any water holding on to the sodium, fucking no water can be there. And then that's what happened there, right? And so then they're like, diuretics, too. Wait, we can take some of those. Diuretics, that'll make us have to pee more water out so that means even yes. less water so we're gonna lose more water and there it is and then carbs too right carbs cycling all this you hear about in peak week yes. oh carbs hold water so we'll just fucking get rid of the carbs early on and then like last minute before we go on stage we'll eat a shitload of carbs to try to fill out our muscles again real quick 
And then bonus, uh. alcohol. I heard that makes you dehydrated, right? Like that's what a hangover is. So if we just drink a bunch of fucking hard liquor before we go to bed every night when we're already not drinking water, not having sodium, and depleted on carbs, we'll get even drier. <laughs> and oh so my God. this is the thought process of these guys, right? Basically, they're like, just think of everything that can get rid of water, and we're going to do that. We're going to do it all. <laughs> Yeah, and so at this time, right, again, nobody's testing this, nobody's monitoring this, so, like, this bro science is the only science in the bodybuilding space. Then everybody's like, whatever, it doesn't even work, it never helped them anyway, like, this has been proven time and time again in the real research, everybody, and so, but the problem is, Arnold wrote the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, which is, like, the definition standard of all kinds of contest prep everything, like, he literally was, like, the dude that was like, fuck it, nobody wrote this yet, I'm gonna do it. And so he wrote the contest prep um, kind of Bible, in other words, out. And that is what most people still follow to this day. The, like, 1970s written contest prep shit that was made up by his bro science that he doesn't even back or support anymore at this point, you know? And it's like, that's yeah. kind of how Peak Week came up. And so now, and we're talking about more kind of bikini competition, obviously, because we're talking to you. You're not a bodybuilder, right? <laughs> the point here is, is that a lot of coaches that coach bikini are bodybuilders or, yes. you know, themselves, they're the IFBB pros, but they have no real certifications, no real knowledge, whatever. So they're like, shit, I, I do it this way. I'm going to make bikini competitors do it this way then. And that is what kind of the major detriment to all of the health is. I mean, you can't even do it that way. If you're a woman for one, like that's going to fuck you up trying to get to those low body per fat percentage levels. It's just not good. It's not yes. even attainable. Even as a man, like you're jacking your shit up to try to get that low. So that's not good. I mean, the traditional kind of peak week to cap it off. If you hear about any of these things, anyone out there, okay? And I know you have because every time I talk <laughs> about this shit, everybody's like, oh, I did this. And now I'm dead. And I'm like, I believe yes. you. I say it all the time. It's uh, the traditional approach for peak week, which you won't be doing, Taylor. Is basically like one week out, seven days, ten days out, right? They're going to have you uh, cut all your carbs out and start loading water. And so, like, the idea here is now you're taking your water intake to, like, two, three gallons a day when usually you're going to be at a gallon or less. I don't know. It depends on who your coach is, really. But, like, you're getting that water, and now you're going to up all your water to try to, like, make your cells more resilient to holding carbs later in the week when you load them. So you deplete your carbs out. Like, you have zero carbs seven, ten days out. You're drinking all this fucking water now. And uh, then as you get closer to comp, maybe seven, five, five to, uh, you know, somewhere in there, five, seven days out, you start taking diuretics. So you're going to start trying to get all the water out of your body now that you just loaded for whatever fucking reason. And you're also not going to drink a lot of water. Now your sodium's gone down too, usually at this point, and they're going to have you up any other kind of performance enhancing drug you would be using. It's, you know, there's a variable amount out there. Um, and that's kind of the approach. You still don't have carbs at this point. Then we're going to get like right up to the show. Um, and you're going to start doing shots of hard alcohol at nighttime before bed. <laughs> so like people are always like, oh, that sounds kind of fun though, Ryan. I'm like, no, it's not fun. It's not fun shooting fucking vodka down in the middle of the night when you haven't had water in fucking 10 days, you know, like oh, that's not a good goodness. idea. And so like a lot of people get really sick from that and they have some serious issues and actually usually ha sometimes have to drop comp from doing that combined with diuretics and all this other shit. But, um, wow. Yeah, so that kind of happens, and then, like, the night before, you're going to load your carbs. So, like, you're going to basically take all the carbs that you missed and try to load them that night and, like, eat a shitload of carbs to try to fill out your muscles. 
okay? And so then you wake up the next day trying to go on stage. You just ate, like, more carbs than there's fucking rice in the grocery store. And now you're trying to go compete half drunk, depleted on water, zero sodium, like, all this fucking crazy stuff. And taking diuretics, which is not a healthy practice, if anybody is out here listening, that is not a normal thing. Don't do that. But the point is, is like that's how people try to compete. And it is not uncommon that people pass out. People fall. I've been at um, competitions where people have been rushed out of the back of the stage in an ambulance because they're doing shit. We've seen bodybuilders, actually world-class famous bodybuilders and stuff like that, passing out on stage. It is legit. And it's all due to these kind of peak week practices that actually don't do anything. So anybody listening to this, you need to do your research. Go look that shit up. I I challenge you to find me one study, one anything that was ever done that proves any of those things work. And what I kind of always say about peak week in general is that your peak week is the easiest week of prep. It should be if you do it right. For most people, it is like going to hell and back. Like most people literally need to go to hell in every sense of their entire being to try and do a peak week. That's why it's like so dreaded and everybody like you see a bunch of people in peak week and they look like they're almost dead. Like you see their faces are all washed out and their eyes are sunken in and shit. And like all their everything they say on social media is so terrible. It's like I just did seven hours of cardio again and I can't feel my toes. My fucking elbow is broken. You know, like you see all the (laughs) crazy stuff that people talk about. Yeah. And it's literally because they're putting themselves close to death. Like, literally, that I, I've talked about it that way before. Like, if you were deserted on a fucking desert island, like, I dropped Taylor off on an island. It's like, hey, Taylor, I'm going to pick you up in 10 days. But there's no food. There's no water. Nothing out here. Have fun. <laughs> like, right? it, when I picked you up, you'd be in a similar circumstance to where Absolutely. people voluntarily go in peak week. And it's, like, crazy. It's like, why would they do that? So... What I always say, though, is there's really no point, right? Like, yeah. what I don't understand is you've trained, like, let's say you did 12-week prep. You've trained yeah. for, like, 8 or 11 weeks at that point, right, in a certain yeah. pattern where you're doing specific exercises targeted for a goal. You're doing specific eating targeted for your goal. You're monitoring your sleep and your recovery, and you're doing all these things to make sure that you get the right physique that you want on competition day. And now in this last week, right, your body has adapted to all the foods you've been eating. It's adapted to the way you've been training. It's adapted to your water, to your recovery, to all these things. Now, seven fucking days before you go on stage, you want to fucking throw all this random crazy shit in the mix that has zero reason to be there and expect a positive result. Like, I don't get that. And we see all the time, I hear it all the time, I'm sure you've seen it too, Taylor, is that People are like, oh, I look so good the week before my show. Or I look so good like a week after my show. I just look like shit on competition day. And then they think it's due to the fact that they didn't carb load right or they didn't do their like pre-comp, I don't know, fancy diuretic bullshit right. When really, if they hadn't done any of that at all, they would have brought the same physique. And that's kind of like exactly what we're doing. Like if we think about this kind of bulk of what our conversation has been thus far, between me and you, like we're really talking about lifestyle. We're not talking about doing an extreme prep for 12 weeks. We know it's going to kill you, but we're going to do it because you want to compete. We're fitting a competition into your lifestyle, right? And so that is the key for every competitor. And I think if you don't go into this with that idea, then you shouldn't go into this at all because the stuff you're going to do to your body 
you will regret forever. It is not uncommon that competitors fuck their thyroids up. They permanently mess their hormones up. They have metabolic damage they cannot recover from that gives them weight gain and all kinds of other problems, depression, mental issues, eating disorders, shit that literally lasts your lifetime, defines your friends, your family, your kids. It changes the game. It's not just like you going to step on stage so you're going to do this cool shit and take all these fucking drugs and whatever. Like you are going to mess your life up and you're probably going to mess other people's up too by doing that. So For if you're one not, day. Yeah, if you're not, not even one day. It's like an hour. Yeah, true. Not <laughs> like even a full day. In NPC, posing is 10 seconds. Wow. So, like, you know, all this posing me and you have done, I don't really know how long it is for the MPA right now. It's It depends on the uh, show, really. But NPC, it's typically about 10 seconds, right? It's a little variability know. to show. But, like, imagine we've done all this prep. Like, let's say we did this the wrong way, Taylor. We did all this crazy shit. You're, like, near dead. You hate everything. You hate all of it. And now you're going to go on stage for 10 seconds, and now you got to deal with the side effects of that for, like, for years life. and potentially yeah. life. Like, yeah. That's the norm. And it's wondered why people are so scared to compete. It's wondered why people are, uh, you know, so, like, kind of frowned upon in this industry, actually, in a lot of ways. People are like, dude, yes. that's crazy. There's a lot of shit. That's not healthy. And that's actually why I came here. But I've been ranting at least for, like, six minutes now about this. <laughs> so I'm going to back down. But you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what we did. We built you into the lifestyle thing. And I think that's super important because you really should have fun as you do this kind of stuff, right? Absolutely. Yep. So, like, if for you, what do you think we're going to do post-competition? Because, <laughs> obviously, we've <laughs> talked about everything up to that, right? Like, what yes. do you hear about for post-comp, and what do you think post-comp really should be? Well, I you know <clears throat> I've seen a lot of negative things that come post-competition, which are some of the things that you talked about. Yep. You know, depression and everything like that. But I, you know, I think that we're going to slowly build back up to, you know, what we did when I was first on prep. So I think we're going to, you know, slowly just reverse diet if, if I must. And yeah, I think I'm, you know, my training is basically going to be the same. I think it's not going to be a lot different yeah. than what I'm doing right now. Right. Yeah. And so this traditional approach, if you don't know, anybody <laughs> listening is uh, typically you're going to lose your fucking mind after a competition. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, literally, people don't know they're actually damaging their brains to go to the, the, like, the traditional 1,000-calorie, sub-1,000-calorie prep. Like, you're actually, your brain will actually, like, eat brain cells to stay alive. Like, wow. that's legit. Look it up. It's research. Anybody listening, go ahead. Do it. So, like, that's normal. And so, basically, people at the end of their prep, like, this is why we hear about prep brain and shit. They're, like, fucking their brains up. It's not a joke. Like, they're not just tired. It's not from the from the prep. It's from the fact they're <laughs> fucking their shit up. And so, post-comp, a lot of people lose control. A lot of people will yes. be done with the show, and then they're going to go on mega bingers and eat, like, 40,000 calories in an hour and shit like that. Yes. Which, yeah. again, now you've taken your body from another extreme to the exact opposite extreme. Anytime that you put your body into an extreme mode, bad shit is going to come of it. Like, there is no reason to ever do it. Your body craves homeostasis most. Homeostasis means balanced position, you know, unchanged. That's what your body wants. Like, it wants to find a nice, happy place that it can be and that it's stable, and that's how it's going to live best. And that's the whole goal of your body in the fucking first place. So, like, if you go from extreme, yeah. like, I dieted so hard, I did all this crazy shit, I've been doing all this activity, to now I'm going to sit on the couch for two fucking weeks, eat as many Doritos as I want with 
fucking bonbons, and it's going to be you know about fifty thousand cows or whatever binge for weeks and weeks. Your body's going to react accordingly. Your metabolism's already slow. Your hormones are jacked. Like now you're going to gain weight faster than a fucking elephant. You're going to have all kinds of problems that come up with that. And so that's the traditional method. A reverse diet is what we're going to do. I know we've talked about that a bit. Every single coach that you ever have, anybody listening to this right now, should do a reverse diet for you. And I've heard of coaches that don't know what it is. So if you have a coach like that, find out where they live, drive to their house, slap them in the fucking face and fire them because they're done. There is no way in hell. Like I've heard people have asked me this. They're like, can I just get the prep program? And then uh, as soon as the show's over, I'll go on my own. I'm like, no, I will not prep you. I will not give you anything. If you're not going to do the reverse diet after, because that is the most important part of prep and everybody fucks that up. Everybody thinks that it's just like, hey, the show's over. I'm going to go free now. What you do in the reverse diet will dictate how well your body performs for the rest of like forever, to be honest. Like you got to get out of that successfully. And even for you, like we didn't do crazy shit with you and I don't do it with anybody, but like. We still need to reverse you out because as we drop your calories, as we dial you in with more activity and do this kind of stuff to get you to the right physique, right, we're going to have to reverse the process too to make sure everything balances out accordingly. So maybe you can talk a bit about kind of how your prep's gone, like what what, what we've done so far, you know, as far as how we did the phases of this kind of thing and, you know, what you had to do as an athlete, you know, so that people know what they need to look for in coaches really because... I'm not saying that I'm all high and fucking mighty coach. There's definitely good coaches out there, but there is a lot more bad ones than there are good ones, and people need to know what it should be done in general. Yes, there are definitely a lot of bad coaches out there. So this is why I appreciate your coaching so much is because, you know, straight from the get-go, you told me what was going on. You're like, Kate, so this is what phase we're in. This is what we're going to do. You know, I was never left in the dark about anything. Any questions I had, anything, you know, you would even ask me sometimes, like, do you have any questions? Like, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, and I, I never did because you, you know, you kept me informed with everything that was going on throughout my prep. So yeah, I appreciated yeah. that so much. But basically, so the nutrition wise, what we're doing is flexible dieting and macros. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, if I can fit it in, I can eat it. So that is so great for me. It's great for flexibility because A, I can eat what I enjoy so I can find ways to fit in the foods that I actually enjoy. And then it it also helps when you, you know, you go out to social events and stuff, you know, you can uh, plan around that and you can fit it into your macros. So basically, you know, when I was eating more carbs and stuff I could make sure you know okay if I'm gonna you know load up on carbs on this meal then I'll eat a little bit less carbs for the next meal and that's what really comes with you know the education part of it is you learn how to eat you're not restricting anything which is huge for me because you know when you start to restrict certain foods like you said after it you'll binge you know you'll fall off it's not sustainable or maintainable so that's why I really love doing macros and that's why you know, I probably I've been eating Nutella for the past, you know, month. I <laughs> which see I'm it. sure I'm sure other athletes are looking at me like, you know, yes. really jealous, but also, you know, <laughs> envious at the same time. <laughs> right. No, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, so basically, so for the first twelve weeks of prep, I'd say, you know, I was eating between two thousand to like twenty three hundred calories. So 
that is just, you know, unheard of in the competition prep world. So right, we were right. basically trying, you know, out. yeah, exactly. So 12 weeks out, yeah, I was eating a ton of calories, a ton of carbs. I made it to the 300 club, yeah, 300 you gram club. So yeah, I was eating a lot of calories, a lot of carbs. Um, my training, you know, was pretty heavy. I was doing some heavy sets, a lot of, you know, isolation work. Yep. So that was the first 12 weeks is just, you know, gaining that muscle that we need. And then basically for the past, I think it's been three, has it been three weeks? I think uh, it's been. Since what? For the, when for did the... I start, start cutting? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So basically I think it's just the last six weeks until literally I go on stage is the cutting and leaning out phase. So yeah. this is what people, you know, this is the real nitty gritty part of prep. You know, the right. gaining phase, it's easy. You're eating, you're training, you have all this energy. And then the cutting phase comes and people just do it the complete wrong way. And then they crash and everything like that. But right. I was still eating, you know, I'm still eating a lot. Yep. To some people, you know what I mean? I'm at around 1,500 calories. I'm a little yep. bit lower carb and everything. So the first week with anything, obviously, you know, I was a little bit more hungry throughout the day and I was a little bit more tired throughout my workouts. But the amazing thing about your body is how adaptable it is. Yep. You know, it adapts to it. You get used to it. And I'm not, I was never to the point and I will never be to the point where my body can't function because I'm not eating enough. So yeah, basically right now I am in my cutting and leaning out phase. I also have to make it a point with my training is that we're doing, you know, a lot of supersets and things like that, but no cardio so far. That's right. Oh shit. I <laughs> so forgot about not, that. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> doing, you know, I'm not doing fasted cardio. I'm not doing two hours of cardio per day. And I'm still like, I'm leaning out. I'm right on track, you know? Right. So yeah. yeah Everybody go I check mean, out your uh, Taylor's. Uh, <laughs> what was that photo? You just did that transformation Tuesday. Like this week. I did. Yes. Right. And what was the most important part of that? Like at least what I thought was, was the, uh, the fact that you're like, hey, the scale difference here is like what? Absolutely. So I think people. it was maybe three, maybe yeah, it was three, like three pounds. pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I mean, you can completely see the change in my body, like physically. It's just, Tons. it's crazy how lean I've gotten. You know, my waist has shrunk, but I've still kept like my muscle mass is just crazy you guys will definitely have to go check it out so you see what i'm talking about but yep. basically you know At i T-step just fitness yes t-step <laughs> fitness is my instagram twitter youtube everything i also repost it so you can find it there too but yes exactly but yeah yeah so basically the post is just about you know how to not become a victim to the scale. I mean, right. we fluctuate so much on a daily basis and I have actually so many clients that are like, oh, like I haven't lost, you know, that much weight or maybe right. they gained weight and then they send me their photos and it's like, I mean, <laughs> there's obviously a difference there. So, right. yeah, so basically, you know, it's really important just to, you know, not become a victim to the scale or measurements and, you know, it's also about how you feel. So, you know, non-scale victories, everything like that. You don't have to continually, you know, lose weight on the scale to gauge your progress. And that's kind of, you know, where I'm at right now because I'm only maybe three pounds lighter 
than I was when I started prep. Right, but like so you have an entirely different. You look physique. entirely different. Like, Absolutely. Every time I see you post some shit, I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then I'm like, oh wait, that's Taylor. <laughs> I know. That's Taylor. Yeah. That's so right. yeah, so tracking, you know, tracking is really important, and that's where, like, what we've done. Like I said, yep. on a weekly basis, I do be photos done. with you. Yep, I do photos with you, and I do measurements, uh, body stats with you as well. So just you know, tracking throughout the progress or the process has yeah. been one of the most amazing things ever and it just you know it's motivating and it just helps you you know keep your mind right and just trust the process you know and like I trust you as a coach but seeing the progress is what keeps me going so yeah basically that's what we've been doing through my whole prep is we started with the gaining phase for the first 12 weeks a lot of calories a lot of carbs and then now we are cutting for the last six weeks and a right. little bit less calories, lower carb. And yeah, I mean, it's so funny when I get asked, you know, all the time, like, oh, what's the hardest, what's the hardest part of prep? And, you know, people expect me just to go off. <laughs> and I honestly had to sit there. It was one of the questions that I got. And I was like, honestly, right. yeah. really, what has been the hardest part of prep? And like you said, you know, some people, you know, they think, competition prep is their life but it's only a part of your life yeah you know you work it in and that's why i appreciate you so much as a coach is because you know that we also have a life you're you're not expecting us to put life on hold to do this competition you work it into our schedule you know you work it into our lifestyle where we can do this and also have a life you know go out with our friends spend time with our family so yeah i mean my prep has been just amazing and that's really all that i can say nothing really negative about it (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean that's the way you know the timeline for anybody else listening to right if you're going to go into a contest prep um you want to allow at least i say 16 weeks to get something going because you kind of got to get into the new idea right and so Yes. For you, for you, we did, uh, you know, like we, like you said, we've only been doing basically six weeks out is a better way to think of it. Like that's yes. kind of when we dropped your calories down before that we were doing yes. the gaining phase. And so anybody doing a contest prep, um, you know, you should expect to be looking at the 16 week. I know 12 is a lot more kind of common, but if you're a natural competitor, right, which is important to note here for anybody listening, you should not take steroids or any other performance enhancing drugs to compete especially in bikini there is absolutely no reason we didn't address that but i am now like you should not do that ever that is a guaranteed way to hate your life forever okay so don't do that but the point is if you're a natural competitor your body needs to sink into this style of training like a lot of things are different like taylor came from a world where she's a trainer she did her own stuff she did all her own whatever and like this stuff still was different like a lot of things were the same but a lot of them were different the way that they were done the way that you need to train what you're really focusing on needing to pose the way that your macros work in you know differently and uh of course her favorite day of the week which is plyo day like all these things that come into play like i know taylor (laughs) would not be doing those plyo days on her own like i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) so like it all comes in you know and so like that's the thing you got to get adapted to it so i mean 
The first bit of anybody's prep, though, should be dedicated towards attaining the right proportion, attaining the right kind of muscles and doing all that. And that's why when we started with you, Taylor, you know, we were doing the higher calories, getting the carbs up, doing all that to get you into the spot where, for one, your metabolism is going to speed up. Like, we're going to raise your metabolic rate, get it up here higher. So now you're going to gain some more muscle. Your metabolism is in a nice, really high spot so that when we do cut, you're not going into the fucking sub-1,000 calorie level. You're not going to zombie mode. I'm not about to sign you up for The Walking Dead because everything is going the right way. You know, like it's all gonna it's all gonna have some space in it. And so the first, you know, bit, uh, you know, I think we did about six weeks of a build phase for you, right? Six weeks where we were really just focusing on getting the cows up and then uh, building out. And then we were doing these last six weeks where we're chiseling it out, cutting it down. But again, like the scale didn't move a lot through that. And that's because of this other thing that people don't understand, which is the recomp, right? Recompositioning. And that's like your prime example of this. Like the recompositioning phase, basically, for anybody listening, is um, where you're going to trade fat for muscle. Like you can actually do this. People say you can't do this at the same time. That's bullshit. It can be done, okay? You can do it if you program things right. If you have the right training and the right macros, you can definitely recomposition your body, which basically means you're going to increase your lean muscle mass and burn your fat at the same time, which in a result will not net a huge fluctuation on the scale. Like, you're not going to drop 15 pounds or anything crazy like that when you're doing a cut because basically, like, you're shaping out your physique differently, which is exactly what you're doing when you go into a contest prep, period. That is the goal. It's not a weight loss competition. It is a competition to get the right physique, the right proportion, the right symmetry and shape for the actual competition stage. And I say this all the time. No judges are weighing you in before you get on stage in bikini. This does not fucking happen. So it's like so many competitors get hung up on their scale weight. They're so worried about the fact they didn't lose weight. They're so worried about this, that and everything else. And the weight doesn't fucking matter. Nobody cares. Like you're the only one that cares. The fitness industry conditioned you to think the weight mattered because they want to sell you shit. They want to sell you into the next fucking TV infomercial product or the new supplement or the new gym membership. It's not the number one thing. And so, you know, for you, you're a prime example of how we did that and how we kind of worked through that. And now, you know, we're dialing in and you're coming into this comp and you're going to have a great fucking time because you're not dying. And so, I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's really the like the take home for everybody. You got to know you got to fit this into your life. This has to be a lifestyle. This has to be something long term, so something sustainable. Like I refuse as a coach, and I think every coach should do this. Uh, you should refuse to put people into a dangerous spot. Like even if their goal is like I want to do as good as I can, I want to do this and that. So just fucking cut my calories to a thousand. I don't care. No. Now, like you need to reassess your competition date then. If you feel like you're not ready, which is the most important piece, no coach, no judge, nobody else decides that. That is your decision. If you feel like you're not ready as a competitor, you can do a different show. You can do a different comp. The stage doesn't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, if there's guys (laughs) listening to this shit. The stage does not go anywhere. The stage will be there. But what will happen to you if you sacrifice your health to go and compete for fucking 10 seconds on stage, you're going to have issues for a long time that you might never compete again for. And so it's like, you, it's all about the long haul. It's about longevity. It's about health and life. Your goal right now today might not be your goal next year. It might not be your goal in five years, 10 years when you got kids and a family and shit. Like you got to think about the future. You got to make sure everything you do never jeopardizes the future that you could potentially want. And so... 
I mean, I, obviously, this probably never even came up for you, Taylor, because you're like, oh, I'm just chilling. I'm having a good time, whatever. But, like, I know that this stuff comes up for some competitors. So, like, maybe you just touch on that for, like, two seconds. Yeah, no, I haven't really had to go through any of that. But, right. yeah, just to add to that, you know, like, have fun. This is, you know, you'll never get your first show back. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're not ready, don't rush it. There's always a next show. There's always a next time. You know, you don't have to feel guilty for not entering a show because you're not ready. You know, you need to take care of yourself. And if you're sacrificing your, you know, your mental health or your body or your health or anything like that, then don't do it. I highly right. encourage you to take more time. And yep. yeah, I like I said, um, just have fun. It's a fun process. It shouldn't be this huge, scary thing. And I've said that for so long. Competing does not have to be, you know, an, a scary or an unhealthy thing. It should be fun. You should enjoy doing it. And that's exactly what has been the case for me. I've just, you know, I've just been along for the ride. And every week, just, you know, seeing these changes and doing it has been a lot of fun for me and a challenge, you know, it's doing something new, doing something different. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, to add to that one last time, because I know I talk too much, but the point is, right, is that people get hung up that we didn't talk about the social media side of this shit. People get really uh -huh. hung up. I see competitors talk about this all the time where um, they'll get hung up on the fact that they like told people on Instagram they were going to do a show. And so now yes. they don't think they can drop out and like they're dying or they're doing all this crazy shit or like somebody in their family died or some crazy shit happened. Like it's literally life changing and they'll feel yes. like they're trapped into the fact they committed on Instagram and people expect them to do shit. Who the fuck cares? Like, that's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, that's like, exactly what I was Who the fuck say. cares what yeah. anybody on Instagram thinks or knows or doesn't know? Like, it doesn't fucking matter, anybody. Like, you have to live within your skin, your body, everything that goes on in your life. You're the only one that lives with that. Like, if For you sure. fuck your shit up on Instagram, I mean, you, you mess your body up permanently because of stuff on Instagram. None of the people that are on Instagram have to deal with it. You do. So it's like, you got to make smarter decisions for yourself. And you always got to look out for number one in this sport. Sport. And this is especially uh, a problem for like trainers and stuff. People think this is selfish for me to say that. Like you got to look out for yourself. You got to look out for yourself because you're the yeah. only one that can, for one, help yourself. And you're the only one that can help other people. And if you can't help yourself because you're all fucked up, you can't help other people either. And if we can't help other people or ourselves, we're fucked. Like that's the yeah. end of the story. Game over. So you got to take care of yourself. Who gives a shit what anybody on social media thinks? Who cares what your grandma thinks or your mom or, who, or your fucking best friend you told you were going to keep eat? It doesn't matter. You're the one at the end of the day that's got to live with it. So if you come to the point where that is becoming your issue, you committed to something, but it's just not working right now. Life happened. Something uh, you know, different happen. And, uh, or maybe it's just not the time. Maybe you're just not ready. Maybe you need more time. Maybe you need this, that, everything else. Do what you need to do for you. And that's the for thing. Sure. It's not about your coach. It's not about your friends. It's not about your judge. It's not about your team or anybody else. It is about you. And at the end of the day, you only compete with yourself. Like I say this to people all the time. They're like, no, Ryan, that's bullshit. You're, you're fucking wrong. I compete with everybody on stage. You do in the initial phases, but you really only compete with yourself from the beginning to the end. Cause the person 
yeah. on top, the person that wins, person that gets the pro status, person that gets to the best in the fucking world, like Michael Jordan or Arnold Schwarzenegger or anybody else you want to talk about, who do they compete with at the end of the day? They're not competing with the people below them. They're competing with themselves. And that is the same from day one. Like, you can hear these guys talk about that. You can hear these girls talk about that. You compete with you. And if you better you, you win every fucking time. And that's it. Yeah. And to add to that, too, just while we're on the topic of, you know, like social media and everything and how you need to focus on you, you know, yeah. have the right intentions when you go into a competition. Right. You know, don't do it just because you want to beat someone, you know, that has competed before or because, you know, you want to look like maybe like a specific person. Like right. none Great of that point. matters. Don't just do it just because everybody's doing it. And I think that's, you know, a huge thing now is that, you know, uh, competing has become so popular and I feel like some people just do it just because everyone else is doing it and yeah. then they end up getting to the end and they're not ready, but they still do it anyways just because everybody's doing it or, you know, you just, you get some people that have the wrong intentions going into it. Yep. And that was a huge thing for me is that, you know, it, you don't need, you know, a trophy to define, you know, your worth or your hard work or anything like that. It's just, you know, challenging yourself and being better than you were yesterday and, like you said, you're just competing with yourself. You shouldn't be competing with anyone else or worrying about what this person's doing or how this person's posing. Like, focus on yourself. You know, comparison is the biggest killer out there. Yes. You just need to focus, you know, on how you look. Don't be like, oh, well, she's the same weeks out as me, but she looks like this. Like, and, you know, that can be really hard sometimes is that I see other people that are competing, you know, and they might look different and they might look better. But, you know, you just got to focus on you. And at the end of the day, it's not about how anyone else looks. It's about how you look, but also how you feel and how you feel about yourself. Because if you sit there and you chase perfection or you chase, you know, another physique that you want to look like, you're never going to be satisfied and you're never going to be happy. So, yeah, right. Ryan, like you said, at the end of the day, it's all about you and competing with yourself. And you got to make yourself happy and take care of yourself. Yep. Yeah. And again, this is the only sport that that happens. This is like yes. the only sport I can ever think of. <laughs> Individual, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. every other sport, there's a team. There's always somebody else to blame. So like this sport is different. You're going to become personally developed to a new level competing in yes. this. Whether you actually even step on stage or you don't. Like, or you go win shows or you don't, or you do whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. You will become a better person from doing this type of stuff because this takes a lot of self-reflection. You have to, like, yes. check in with yourself. You have to deal with yourself. You have to mindset check yourself. You got to fucking go do shit. You don't want to do, like, all this stuff is going to yeah. change your entire life and change how you work. So, I mean, anybody thinking about doing it, the one thing I always want to say is that you should never not do it because of shit you see. You should do yeah. it because you think it can be done and you can do it. Everybody can do it. Yes. Like anyone can do a contest prep. They don't need to per se go try to be the next IFBB pro or something like that. But anybody can do this sport. And I think a lot of people are afraid to even try because of the shit they see. Fuck the shit you see because it's all wrong anyway. You got to get out there and do what you want to do. And you can do it the right way. And that's important to know. So didn't yeah. you, uh, did you have some questions, Taylor, from some people? Did we address all those or no? I think, yeah, I think we did. Oh, so, wait. you know. For this one. Except for this Which one. one? Oh. Do you think you will compete again <laughs> after this show, Taylor? Oh, I know you're dying to. 
I am dying to know. Yeah, on record. It's on a recording. It is. <laughs> this this goes down. This is, you know, can't run away from this. I already one. know the answer, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. No, we did we did talk about this, but yes, I think I will compete again. It's been such, you know, an amazing experience for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know a lot of people, you know, have really bad experiences and they don't want to compete again, but I 100% definitely think I will compete yeah. again, you know, just to right further my experience you know further my goals see what i can do and you know maybe once i get enough experience and the credentials then i could possibly you know train people to compete as well with with the same vision that we have so i'm really excited for that yeah yeah and i mean that's the thing it's funny it's like people think of this sport just address this for like two seconds i know i talk too much but people think of the sport like it's uh like it's a one-time rodeo like that's yes. it. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna train and it takes twelve weeks. Cool. I'm gonna do it and then I'm gonna fucking go win every show and I'm done. Like, cool. That's not how this shit works. I don't know why people even have that idea. Like, what part of your life works that way? When you learned to drive a car, did you just get in the car and start the shit and it worked? No, you had to like learn how to drive the damn car and it took a while to get the car. You had to get in the car a lot of times. Like you didn't just get a license handed to you on day one. Here you go, have fun. Like you had to go practice driving the car. You had to drive, do this. You had to take tests. You had to go through trials and all this shit. And I mean, it's the same with any sport too, right? Like nobody wins every game. So a lot of people that do compete, and I bet you some of you are listening, like maybe you haven't won a show yet. Maybe you haven't placed at a show yet. Maybe you haven't even like got close to doing one yet, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that you continue to get better and you keep trying because a lot of times I can't tell you the number of people that like I know personally that I've met like at shows that are like, oh yeah, I never placed, I never placed, I never placed. And then I won and I was pro. And I'm like, wow. So that's yes. what that's what happened, huh? So like you never won anything for like two, five, four years, whatever. And then you just went pro because you stuck it out long enough. And that that in my opinion is the difference between people that make it and those that don't. And I mean you gotta obviously have your goals, like you gotta stay true to your own goals. But if you do wanna compete in this and you do have goals to win, you do have goals to do stuff, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't done that yet, don't give up on that just because it hasn't happened yet. There's a lot of time, there's a lot of things that have to happen and the process has to be different for everybody and that's the way it is with any sport, any goal, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have days you don't want to do it. Times where you win, times where you lose. It doesn't matter. You just got to keep fucking going every day. Yeah, exactly. So, well, right on, Taylor. You got anything else to add up in this thing then? I, man, I think we pretty much touched base on Nice hour 30, hour 30 right there. Shit. Yes. (laughs) Shit, it's like one of our phone calls, man. Time flies, time flies. Okay, so Taylor, (laughs) tell me where, uh, tell everybody where they can find you to check your stuff out. Okay, so all of my social media is under the handle T-Step-Fitness. So it's T-S-T-E-P-F-I-T-N-E-S-S, T-Step-Fitness. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook and also on my YouTube channel. So I also have Snapchat as well where I post you know, day-to-day things. I post nutrition, training, you know, little videos that I throw out here and there, just taking you guys along with me throughout my days. And I do, you know, post a lot of recipes and stuff like that. So yeah, follow me on my social media and you guys can follow me for the rest of my journey to this stage. And after that, 
So, yeah, yeah. really excited. Hell yeah. Okay, good. Right on. That's awesome shit. Everybody better follow her. Otherwise, I'm not going to be your fucking friends anymore. <laughs> if you're not following her right now, I'm not going to be disappointed in you. That's it. So, you better do that. Anybody listening? Um, yeah, let me know if we should have Taylor back on this podcast, everybody, too, by the way. Drop some <laughs> comments. Send some DMs. I know that the convo's a little long, but there's definitely some shit you're going to get out of this if you made it this far. Yes. If you didn't, like... I'm going to make Taylor pump this shit out to everybody so they listen. <laughs> but, you know, like, that's what's important, you guys. Share this out if you got something out of this. I think yes. there was a lot of good stuff in here, especially for first-timers. Even people that are seasoned that don't know yes. what's going on, you got to share this out. Because that's the only way that this works. I'm not advertising this podcast. I'm not doing a bunch of that shit. The only advertisement I get is if you share it, even if it's just with one person. Okay? One person. You share it with one person that can benefit, and that changes the fucking world. So, yes, that thanks is what for we're coming on, Taylor. Yeah, that's it. That's what we're gonna do. We're not trying. We <laughs> fucking doing. Right. We doing. Change the world. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Taylor. Um, everybody, follow Taylor, and we'll be back again too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome, guys. Yeah, yeah.